I'm Drea. I'm Meg. I'm Tina. And I'm Jess. And this is Pardon My Stash. Welcome to Part of My Stash, a podcast about knitting within the fiber arts and how awesome it is. Before we get started on today's topics, let's find out what everybody is working on. Drea? Still plugging away on the Akemi show. Faded jeans. Fingering weight yarn. It's nice. I'm having a good time. (laughs) Great. Jess? Um, I'm still working on the Team Cozy make-along. And I'm doing the, uh, what is it called? It's just called uh, the the Tea Cozy Flower Basket yeah. by uh, Yarnspiration Sugar and Cream. But I'm using our yarns and doing it in a smaller weight for a smaller teapot. So we'll see what it looks like. But I got this cute little basket we've going so far. It is really cute. Awesome. Meg? Um, I am five rows from Splitting for the Sleeves on my Sundrop Pullover by Laura Aylor. Let me tell you, I really love the way that a raglan top looks. I don't know if I ever want to make another one because, my God, this is just tedious uh round and round and round yoke increases but the shirt actually gets a pattern once you get past the um the bust so i'm actually really excited to get to that i know i'm getting i'm getting close um and i am using dragon horde yarn gnome tweed sock in the colorway fairy yule tree amazing i congratulate you on getting to the sleeve spillet soon oh very close. Tina, what you working on? I am currently back on my Ingle sweater by Boylan Networks, and, in, and I'm using String NYC Dolcetto DK in red, dark gray, and gray. Um, I'm actually almost done with the body. You have Yay! Nice. Yeah, like, it's actually, like, pretty much done in terms of that. Uh, I realized today that I needed to actually measure where I'm at because I've just been endlessly knitting for a while um, and I'm going to try to measure it and see where I'm at but I was supposed to knit about uh, 15 inches so um, if I'm not 15 inches I'm definitely over 10 so that's good nice. I feel like knitting the body of a sweater is like that last few weeks of being pregnant where <laughs> knit until you're like I cannot stand to do this one second longer and then you're almost there and then you oh. finish it and you're like, oh, look how cute it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wow, that wasn't so bad. Maybe I'll do it again. Yes, it is, actually, if you must know. <laughs> well, you did do it twice. I d- yeah. <laughs> and then you go, wait a second. I don't fall for these tricks anymore. Be sure to check out our website, partofmystash.com, for more information as well as pictures regarding our current projects, patterns, and yarns. And now, yakking about yarn with Tina. I don't know why I'm in an EDM music festival, but I am. Um, so, <laughs> so for today's yakking about yarn, um, I haven't talked about yarn in a while, and One of the common questions I get often on my personal Insta is, 
what is nice, affordable yarn? Uh, and when I say affordable yarn, like under $5 USD for a single skein or ball of a decent amount of yardage. So you mean stuff that you're not going to get at like a, a yarn specific shop? You you might, depending on what the type of shop, but for the most part, no. Uh, this is going to be at your major craft store brands, something like a Joann's or a Michael's. Um, and you don't necessarily have to um, have not great yarn if you're not necessarily paying, you know, the premium of 27 to $32 a skein for yarn. Uh, you can still have decent yarn, stuff that feels really nice on your hands. Um, as someone who knits plus size garments often, I very rarely uh, make the garment with uh, $30 $32 skeins of yarn. Um, That's fair, though. For multiple reasons. One, if I mess it up in the wash, I'm going to cry. Two... <laughs> Two, uh, that's a whole lot of yarn for a whole lot of body. Uh, and I just don't have the money to fork that out for every sweater um, or whatever garment that I'm making. Um, so uh, I will go uh, basically give you a top five, uh, starting from five and going down. This is my opinion. Uh, you guys can agree or disagree. Um, but this is uh, all this yarn I've worked with uh, at some point, uh, over my 15 years of knitting, um, uh, some of them are newer, some of them are good old staples. Um, but, and if there's yarns that you have found that are newer, because I, I don't venture too much to the big box stores as often, but if there is something newer that you think is awesome, uh, definitely comment on our Instagram post or our blog post with this for this episode and let us know which brands that you like that are from the big brand stores. So number five, coming in at number five, we got a good old staple, the Lion Brand Basic Stitch. So Basic Stitch is like a basically, oh, it's a worsted weight. It's, uh, and most of these are worsted weight. Um, and they, uh, the basic stitch in itself does not come in amazing colors. That's the one negative for it. It comes in weird colors sometimes. Uh, sometimes it has like a weird striping to it, but the yarn itself is very comfortable to work with. Uh, it's very affordable. It's under $5 a ball. And it has, uh, I mean, the colors are, you're not going to be too worried about color lots with this. It's pretty, pretty consistent. And uh, yeah, uh, in terms of stuff I've made this with, I did a brioche scarf for my mother using a purple and a yellow striped yarn. And uh, it came out great. Thoughts, feelings? Anybody care about basic, basic stitch? I don't think I've ever, I've used, ever it. used it. Yeah, it's, so yeah, it's not... Um, it's one of those, I would say it, it's one of those that you probably go by and you don't even consider because for one, the name is basic. So you're going, well, I don't want basic, <laughs> but I'm telling you the basic stitch is worth it. Uh, it's, it's a good, uh, go-to staple. If you want, uh, something, you know, just a little bit more reasonable. Uh, another staple that's coming at number four for me is the lion brand Woolies. Love so wool-based yarn. Um, it so 
Uh, it does not feel as nice as basic stitch. Why? Because it is uh, wool. So you're going to get more of that hearty wool feeling with Woolies. Woolies has great consistency. They come out with colorways fairly often because this is a very popular yarn uh, uh, from their collections. A lot of people do use it. Um, and it is great for bulking. And what do, what do I mean by that? So like, say you have a something that you're making and you want, you have a very fancy skein of yarn that you want to use for a specific piece of it, maybe for the, uh, the stitch work or the color work that you're doing, but then you need something for the base and that you need a lot more yarn for the base. Woolies goes really well with other wool based yarns. It just mixes nicely. It doesn't, you can't really tell. Uh, so then when people ask you what you made it of, you could say the fancy yarn and you don't have to mention the woolly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you could do if you don't care. I don't care. Uh, the Woolies is good as a good staple as well. Uh, also under $5 skein ball. Any thoughts on Woolies? I like it. I've used it. I don't think that I have ever used it. You're just missing out, Dre. <laughs> <laughs> I'm do you know kidding. Funny? I'm, I've only used one on your on my list. On your list. Well, you're going to learn, Dre. You're going to learn. <laughs> well, I'm here for it. Yeah. There we go. All right. So. Number three, number three, uh, put these all kind of together. Uh, I, again, I'm going to hit up the lion brand and we're going to talk about the booze. What does the booze mean? The co-booze, the bamboos, the leboos. They got like a bunch of mix of bamboo with a bunch of organic materials. What the heck is leboos? Linen. Oh. Uh, so, so they have a linen, sense. they have a linen bamboo combo. They have a kobu is a cotton bamboo combo, and then they have just straight up bamboo. Um, my biggest negative with the booze is that they split like crazy. As bamboo does. As as they do though, like as a, you know, that's just yeah. That's that's any bamboo yarn, yarn is going to yes. be splitty. Um, but the uh, feeling of the yarn itself, even the linen based one, is awesome. It's very smooth, very comfortable. And when you're done with your project, I used it for color work for my Lumiere cowl and it came out awesome. I, that love, was, I love that cowl. That one is with Kobu. So that's a cotton bamboo mix and it was with their uh, pink and navy. I think it's like steel mauve and navy. I think it's just navy. I think the pink is called like steel mauve though. You know, that's an interesting point too, because, um, Oftentimes, if you use a non um, a non woolly fiber for color work, it can look very ragged because the wool causes the fibers to kind of fuse together, which makes the color work look more complete. And um, I honestly didn't know, looking at your Lumiere cowl, that it wasn't made with a wool yarn because you don't see that kind of separation or splitting in that cowl. So that is, that's a really nice um, alternative if you're not into wool or you can't wear wool or you live in a part of the country where wool is not uh, really conducive um, and you want to do color work. That makes that a great mm. option. I can attest also that you could throw that thing in the washing machine and it is fine. You could also put it on the wash, you could throw it in the dryer, it doesn't shrink and it doesn't bleed. Sounds like a wool horse. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely something I like to keep in the stable. 
I will also say that you can find that at Wally World. So you don't necessarily have to go to Joanne's or something like that. You can also just go to Wally World and find that there. Uh, if you don't know what Wally World is, it's Walmart. All right. So- <laughs> just in case. I just realized not everybody might know what Wally World is. Anyways, coming in at number two for me is uh, Loops and Threads Cotton Cream. Uh, another cotton base. This is at Michael's specifically. They do the loops and threads. Um, so the cotton cream also has, uh, again, organic materials. You're going to deal with, uh, the, uh, splitting. Uh, so you have to kind of be careful as you're working with it. But, uh, the, also when you block cotton cream, uh, it will stretch substantially. So you have to be careful with that too. So, uh, think of a Malabrigo. It does a Malabrigo like expansion effect. Oh, it blooms. Oh, it blooms. It blooms quite a bit. So, um, but the benefit to it is once it stretches, it's stretched. That's the thing. So it doesn't re-shrink. Um, I, so I've been, I've been pretty comfortable with that with garments as well. Uh, especially if I know that I need to, it's going to bloom. So I make it like slightly smaller than what I'm expecting to make. And what's great with that is if you're making a summer based garment. So if you're in a warmer area and you want to make like a halter top or like a dress, or I've seen a lot of these cool summery type of outfits and pieces, um, Cotton cream's great for that. Uh, and it also is uh, pretty, like, comfortable in the summer. It doesn't, like, sweat. like You don't sweat like crazy with it because uh, of cotton. Um, and, again, you could throw it in the wash, all set, ready to go. <laughs> you don't have to think about it. <laughs> Always a bonus. Um, and then my number one, my number one. Hold on. I got a, hold on, I got a little thing for this. Number one. Yeah, I don't have a bell or anything. Or <laughs> We're going to use the lawn order sound. Uh, the lawn wow. <laughs> Stabler wants you to know <laughs> the number one yard is Karen Simply Soft. Uh, I love Karen Simply Soft. I, it's always at the top of my list when somebody asks me for a budget yarn to use for garments uh, in particular. It, but you can also use Karen Simply Soft for literally anything literally anything you can make it for hats you can do gloves you can do whatever you want does not feel awful it it actually is quite soft as the name would let you know so it's at- actually one of the few budget yarns that i find to be comfortable for me to knit with yes um and i'm glad to hear that because i find it also very pleasant um it also comes in a lot of your neutrals so it you can get a nice black with that a nice white uh, different types of browns, navies. Um, so if, again, if you need like a, a base for color work and you don't want to fork over for nine skeins of something that's $32, you can get probably four skeins of the Karen Simply Soft because not only does the Karen Simply Soft be, is soft, it comes in a, lar- a larger yardage. So you get a ton for your money. I think that's also something to to kind of remark on because there I was going to say there are some yarns you can get where you look at them and you're like, oh, that's not a bad price. But then you look at the yardage and the yardage isn't doing you any favors. Like if the ball of yarn is seven dollars, but the yardage is only 110 yards of fingering weight, that's not a bonus. 
Like right. you're, you're not getting a deal. So for example, I just found uh Karen Simply Soft in uh uh with the it's uh, worsted weight. It's right now it's three dollars and sixty-seven cents for this skin or this ball or roll or whatever you want to call it, and it has three hundred and fifteen yards in it. So it's That's got a little decent. bit more than what you would expect in a normal skein of worsted, which typically from an indie dyer or something like that would come in around like 220, 240, maybe, depending on the brand. So you you're definitely gonna get uh, another at least another hundred yards with the Karen Simply Soft. Um, the also in terms of yardage, that loops and threads also comes in in a good yardage too. Let me. Right, so cotton cream from Lutz and Threads comes in at 324 yards. So again, great deal for what you get. So yeah, uh, if you ever feel like, hey, I want to know a budget yarn, a good yarn for me to use. I need a lot of it and I don't have a lot of money and I want to be frugal. Then you can hit up those five that I talked about. Again, if there are more, I know there's more. I just kept it to five just to keep this segment realistic. And um, if you have more and you want to shout out one, please feel free to comment on our Instagram or blog post regarding this episode. Into our main topic this week, we have uh, creativity versus business in the fiber arts. We, uh, as a crew of podcasters, uh, get questions about starting businesses in fiber arts for various reasons. Meg and Jess, obviously, you probably get the indie yarn dyer questions. Uh, A lot of times I'll get pattern design questions and random people in public will ask Drea about her business that doesn't exist. So, <laughs> so, uh, we I feel so seen as a fiber artist, <laughs> even though I'm not selling my wares. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So this week let's chat about how to kind of basically the differences between the two, because there are differences, my friends and, um, how to handle both sides of it. Cause you need both sides, uh, first and foremost, to make things work if you're going to try to do it. Um, but yeah, uh, doing business in the fiber arts with uh, creative, right-brained people, go. I don't have a business. <laughs> no, I want to hear about your business, Drea. How are you going to sell anything if you don't tell me about your business? <laughs> Step one. <laughs> Don't sell anything. Step two, go out in public. Step three, be hassled. Profit. <laughs> Profit. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Drea, for that contribution. Uh, well, Megan, just tell me, uh, tell us about uh, how it is with the indie dyeing business. What, what, what would be things now that you guys have been in it for almost a year now, right? If not more than? Uh, it'll on July first. We will it'll officially be, uh, have been. Uh, we launched the business on July 1st last year, so we're so almost to the year. Since, since July 1st, what kind of things have you run into that you were like, oh man, if I had to do this again, I would not do that, or I would do that when starting your business? Honestly, I think the, the, the best thing that we did was figure out early on who was better off being responsible for what. Um, And that has been something that we have not butted heads on the entire time. 
Um, I would not recommend going into business with somebody that you, you either can't work with or you've never worked with before. I mean, we had never owned a business together, but, you know, clearly we'd been together for a long time. Um, so there was that. But we kind of delegated responsibility down the line pretty, pretty evenly. Um, Jess is definitely the more creative side of it. She's the one that comes up with more colorways. But listen, you or someone you're working with is going to want to want or be able to do all the legal stuff. Because <laughs> there's a lot of that. And that's me. <laughs> um, you know, when the, su- when the suggestion came up and I, I kind of br- brought it up as a joke. Um, originally, I was like, let's let's start a yarn dyeing business um, and you can quit your job, which is definitely a joke. Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely that a joke um, because and, and Jess actually said it really well the other day that um, a lot of people don't talk about the fact that when you start a business, you are probably not going to make substantial money off of said business for at least the first couple of years. Um, we, and the IRS expects that. Right? Yeah. You know, when you're filing your taxes and stuff for the business after, they expect you to take a loss the first few years. Right. That's just how things go. <laughs> we, we about broke even with ours. And we considered that a massive success. Super amazing. Super exciting that we didn't operate at a, at a crazy loss. Promptly bought more yarn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that was, you know, we went into it with very, very little expectation. Um, the joke of Jess being able to quit her job was a joke. We we knew <laughs> that that was not going to be happening anytime soon. Um, and most small businesses don't take off like that unless they get really lucky and they have like an it product. Um, but a lot of businesses that have a, a sudden it product and get swamped, often end up taking on, you know, more than they can handle and either burn out or collapse because it's just simply, you know, too much. You can only do so much. We have a very small business. Every skein that we do is dyed by the two of us. Um, we wind it all by hand. Well, we don't wind it by hand anymore. We have a skein winder. We have a skein winder. We, we Best purchase. <laughs> we do it ourselves. We tag everything ourselves. We do all the paperwork ourselves. There's no, the, the only outsourcing that has been done is Tina does the website. Um, but that's been literally the only like. And honestly, I don't do the web. I set it up for you guys. You set it up. Yeah. I mean, Jess kind of took on that technical role of updating the products and stuff. I, I'm not doing any of that for you guys. You guys have been doing that. So it, you know, it is it's a like, lot of work. Yeah. It, it's, and that's the thing. If you are, if you're planning on going into business and God doesn't make time for that too. And both of us, you know, acknowledging that we both have full-time jobs. We have a, a child and there is only so much that we can do in a single week without burning out. Um, you know, our business you know how is much not, you're capable of. Yeah, our business is not booming, but you know, we're very happy with what we have. We have a wonderful base of customers that um we are so grateful for. And um, you know, we we would love eventually to get bigger. I mean, no, no business is like I would love to stay tiny forever, I would love to be stagnant, but 
we're also very mindful of the fact that at the point where we're at now, if things were to get bigger, major changes would have to be made. And I think that's a really important designation to to make is know what you are capable of doing in the now and think about planning for if and when things do get bigger, what changes you are willing slash able to make to accommodate a stretching business. Because it sounds great to be like, oh man, I would love to like design that it product that blows up and everybody wants it. But the consideration of once you get the orders, you have to create you the have product. To then do your work. <laughs> and if you are one person and, and you get 150,000 skeins of yarn that are ordered, that's going to be a substantial change in your business model. <laughs> so, you know, kind of go into it with few expectations, but also knowing that, you know, th things, if, if they do change, you are going to have to make some changes and probably for the better, but still things are going to change. That's well, and you want to start small, right? You know, especially if you haven't run your business before, or if you haven't run businesses before, um, you know, I've run a couple in my time and not necessarily related to the fiber arts, but if we had, if we had the sales that we had in year four or five in year one, I don't know what I would have done. I think I would have been overwhelming because you don't have the infrastructure or the process or the policies in place of like, who's doing what and how do we handle this and how do we handle that? And, um, it's just, it's very, it, it is time consuming in and of itself to do the business side of it, where you are organizing the business itself. The organization piece is, I think where a lot of people get lost, um, mm. because it's, I think it's personally very easy to be creative because as fiber artists, cause we are creative inherently, right? People who are right. fiber artists, you for the most part, um, can be, have creative liberties, know how to like do some color to match it, you know, like have this creative knack. Right. Um, so I don't think that's the issue because all of us can come up with these beautiful ideas, but then actually implementing them in a business-like way, that's not going to kill your whole budget. That's, uh, going to make sense for your time. Like you're not working 24 seven. Yeah. That's not going to destroy every aspect of yeah. your life as well. Yeah. So it, I think your point of knowing your limitations is really important. Um, and honestly, even if you do explode, which congratulations, if you do right in the beginning, yeah. um, still set limitations. Um, right. you shouldn't sell the 500 products. If you're not in a position to sell 500 products. If you know, if you have that limitation already set that, Hey, I know I could make, if you're an indie dyer, like you guys are, I know we can make 50 skeins in a week, let's say, and that's it. That's our, that's after that, like, we don't have time. Like we'd have to change that, whatever. But knowing what that number is, uh, would, uh, help you in understanding that when you put out a pre-order or when you put out a uh, stock or anything like that. You have that hard limit in mind so that um, you can handle it. Like right. otherwise, yeah. you, just so you, drown. Don't... you just drown. Well, and then there's there's always that fear too, is that you you ground your business before it really starts because if yeah. something like that happens and then you don't meet the orders and the time frame that you promise, 
then you start getting the bad reviews and the word of mouth and people start like kind of shying away like there's so you've got to think about that too like make sure you keep up with it so you know people don't have something to try and drag you for and the other thing too is we also went into it knowing that that the market is saturated yeah there are thousands upon thousands of indie dyers that are selling beautiful yarns at the, at about the same price point that we are. Yep. Um, some of them that have more ability to produce more yarns, they've been in business longer. They have more business acumen than we do. Um, and knowing that, you know, word of mouth being what it is, our customers have thousands of other options to go to if we start to, to kind of drop off and not fulfill our end of the bargain. Um, it's not like we have a monopoly on the product. There are so many other options and respecting that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think too, when you're in any kind of creative field, there is just so many because there's so many people yeah. that have like, uh, thank goodness, right? That human right. in general have this creative knack. But, um, but again, I think the difference when people get big and then when people who don't make it, the biggest difference is can you handle the business side of it? Can you handle like making sure that you're setting low expectations and meeting them like over and uh, over and out? Um, Because that's the best way to be is like, oh, you know, we ship every two weeks or something like that, or this will be out in four weeks. And then people get their stuff in three weeks or two weeks or whatever, and they get it sooner. Well, great. Like people are going to think you ship fast, even though you don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's just setting that expectation, you know, right out the gate. So, Um, and you know, it, it, it applies to digital products too, because uh, you know, like say you're doing more pattern design. Um, I, I love uh, people who think that you make a pattern and then you just go away. Like, that's it. I made a pattern. Goodbye. No, Uh, no. You can't, I mean, yes, you don't have to like necessarily like print out and send a pattern every time somebody buys a digital pattern, but like if there's problems with it, there's pattern support, there's, uh, you know, you have to update it every so often just to kind of, as you grow as a designer to like make it, you know, be- easier to read, you know, uh, better, you know, maybe the yarn that you used as a uh, yarn inside your pattern is no longer available. It's discontinued. You got to change that. Then you have to change your gauge. You know, there's like a lot of different things. Uh, and I, for me, uh, my more popular patterns, I'll get requests to add updates to it. So they'll be like, oh, well, for example, I got somebody who wanted a ponytail hole on the seed dot beanie and they wanted directions on how to do that. Um, you know, and like, well, like, it, do you, you know, if you want to keep up with the, that, that's a good update. That's, I was like, oh, that sounds great. Like that's, that sounds like something that would add to this beanie. So let's do that. But like, it's not just walk away. You can't just walk away from it. it's passive to a degree you don't have to fulfill every order but you definitely have to support it Uh, because as you as you guys were saying like your uh, name as a designer or as a dyer or whatever as a business depends on you uh, supporting that product so whether it's physically shipping out skeins of yarn 
or making sure that you're answering questions or providing support for your patterns uh, will go a long way. And if people decide to buy further patterns from you. Uh, and, and promoting yourself too, promoting your you stuff. Know, I mean, you uh, can, sure, you can, you can do a pattern and throw it. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of this because I really don't, I'm not like you in the respect where I really want to keep designing. I've done two patterns. They're up on Ravelry, you know, they've gotten minor traffic. I get really excited every like three months when somebody buys one and I'm like, yay. And then I forget about it again. Um, but if you are someone that really, you know, wants to go hardcore into pattern designing, you know, you, you want to kind of keep your stuff near the Ravelry main page. You got to keep, like you said, updating them or promoting them or, you know, uh, marketing them online. If you just throw a pattern up there, like I did, it's it's going to get buried almost instantaneously in the thousands of other patterns that are yeah. coming out every day. Um, so if you want to really make designing like a business, promoting your stuff is a, is a big part of it. And I think that's something that also a lot of people kind of take for granted. It's like, well, my, my product should speak for itself. And it's like, yeah, in a, in a perfect world, it will. But we don't live in a perfect world. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, you, marketing is a big part of any business that I think a lot of people don't. I really did not think about it before we got into critical hit um, at all. I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I got a pattern. Yay. Nobody's buying it. <laughs> okay. Well, the, mar the marketing piece, uh, you know, is again, uh, I think honestly, the, if, without getting it, because marketing could be its own freaking episode. There's so right. much to it. Yeah. But I think the basic idea of it is basically uh, consistency. You just have yeah. to be consistent. As long as you're consistent, people will consistently expect things from you. But if you kind of like, oh, I'm going to post like three things in one day and I'm not going to post for eight years. And then I'm going to come <laughs> back and post seven things in this week. And then again, disappear into my hermit world for nine more years. Like, if Why you're is anybody buying my patterns, guys? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you can't just like, there's actually like a build up to like, hey, like I'm designing a pattern and then like I'm testing the pattern and then I'm like, here's my thing and like, here's some engagement. And then, okay, now we're going to count down to the launch and then we do the launch. And then after the launch, now you could be like, okay, here's people's with their finished products. And here's like, this one finished their pattern. This one, you know. You have to constantly be um, hyping yourself. It all sounds exhausting, but that's, it's in unfortunately, it's part of it. In the beginning, I will say that. Yeah. Now, so I, I, I have a, not a crazy following, but I have a decent following. And now I, I will promote, I still have to do my things that I do, but now there's word of mouth because now it's like, Hey, now you have people who have, have, have used my pattern, enjoyed it. I've come out with a new pattern. They're following me already. They start sharing on their own. So then you get the whole like, oh, well, um, you know, I, th that's another question that I get a lot, which is like, how do you make reels viral? And how do you make posts viral? And I'm like, guys, I don't know. I don't 
no. <laughs> like, because yeah. there have been times when you've been like, I have this great reel, it's going to go viral, and then it doesn't. And then there's the one that you do and you're like, ah, I think this one was silly. And then all of a sudden it's everywhere. It's, you know, it's, you never can tell what is going to resonate with people. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Um, but again, my uh, path to success has been consistency. Basically, Instagram will reward me every like, seven or eight reels they'll say okay this one goes and then it just goes off you know like it really just i don't know i it just like it and it, it happens now that i have a, a semi-decent following it happens more often than not like when i first started doing reels um i was lucky if i got over 100 views and um you know if i got to 500 views that was a good day um, <laughs> You know, that, that was viral for me. Um, but, um, now it's like, I sit like my average usually sits between one and 3000. And then like, if it goes over 10, I know it's going to do well, but like it, but like, again, it's like, I do like eight or like seven to nine are like one to 3000. And then like the one after that, and I never know if it's the you know, the eighth, the ninth or the 10th one, but it's <laughs> after that will suddenly be like 10, 20, 30. Um, and then some, and then every once in a while, Instagram will reward me with, you know, one that will go crazy. So the last one, and I say crazy, meaning go over, going over a hundred thousand. Um, and I've seen other people who have less of a following than I do. And they have something that goes to a million views and they have, or people that have more than a following than I do. And they have reels that go nowhere. So it's like, I, I don't know. I think it's a combo of consistency, uh, making quality content and just sticking with it, but it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, no. it, it took me uh, a year and a half to get to 10,000 It'll probably take me 17 million years to get anywhere close to anything else. Um, <laughs> it's just it, because Instagram's changed too. And that's a big thing too, is that you have to keep up with all that. But, um, but in terms of marketing in itself, whatever avenue you pick, whether it be online, um, whether you do a email newsletter, whether you stick with your website for marketing, whatever it is, just stay with it. Don't like keep changing your plans or give up on it entirely um, because you'll have to build it back up. Uh, it will start to rot away if you just kind of, if you start to build something up and then you stop taking care of it. It's like a plant. Yep. So if you want it to have pretty flowers, you got to keep watering it. Keep watering. Keep taking care of it. Put it in the sun, take it mm -hmm. out. All that. You can't erase yourself and reinvent yourself every six months. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say um, yeah because and and there's been you know there has been times where i i was actually stuck at like long and not that follower count matters but i was just stuck at like 9200 followers for like the longest time it was just sitting there and i'm like what am i doing wrong i don't understand um and then all of a sudden it just went back, it just went back to normal. And the difference for me was consistency. When I sat there is when I was like, I'll post this day and then I won't post for seven days. Then I'll post this day. I'll post like maybe three yeah. days in a row. And then, we'll, so it's, it's always goes back to consistency. 
Um, but you should also do that with your the whatever you're making. So if there's a quality of your product, that should remain consistent. You're, uh, if you're making you know, yarn skeins and you're doing colorways, those should be consistent. If I'm buying this picture, it should look like this picture type of thing. Um, though, you know, it should like, you have to, the consistency you gain, uh, kind of a familiarity and then you gain a trust. Once you have the trust, you're all good to go. Um, right. But, and then, I mean, and then I, I mean, we get people asking us about this podcast. Listen, guys, the podcast, we have no idea. We don't know. No, okay, this is a surprise. We literally just like, we're like, let, you know, F it. Let's just do this. We didn't plan It'll be fun. anything. Like, there is no marketing. <laughs> like, well, I feel like the best ideas are the ideas that start out as something that's just for fun. Yeah. It's yeah. There's no, um, we, I, I just like, we can, you know, Megan Jess obviously can talk about um, the indie dye stuff and I can talk about the pattern design stuff or like Instagram stuff, but like with the podcast, I still like, it baffles us every single day when we go like, oh, like we're on the top of the charts for like 18 countries. Like how did that happen? <laughs> well, I think a big part of that too is is the going into it with no expectations. Absolutely. And also, I mean, and, and I, I, I certainly can't speak for the two of you. I've said it before speaking on behalf of Jess and I that we will we will run critical hit until it is either a, a massive drain on our, our income or we don't have fun with it anymore. Probably the, the latter would be the more important thing. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's a huge part of it is that if you're going to start a business or a podcast or, you know, any sort of creative endeavor, the main point of it should be you're, you're having you're fun. It. Yeah. If you're, you're just doing it for dollar bills, you're going to be it's, disappointed. It's gonna, you're, yeah, it, it's just gonna make you sad and burn you <laughs> out. Really not fast. only that, but people are smart enough to sense when you're not doing it for the good of it. Like when yeah. you're just doing it to siphon money off people, it's really obvious. It, it's so obvious when people are just doing it for the money. Um, because there's just this like sense of like, salesman-iness mm. like with the whole product buy me there's buy an me authenticity now. to it buy me now guys i'm just here for a good time <laughs> yeah i'm just here to kind of catalog our thoughts into this void of audioness. but <laughs> i'm like honestly honestly and this is i've said this for a long time now my primary objective is keeping our conversations on some kind of recorded notion because one day my brain is going to go and I'm going to forget all this stuff. <laughs> one day we're going to have dementia. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to like, huh, I wonder, and some, you know, Pat, you know, Patrick's going to roll in a little radio and he's gonna be like, look, this is what you did when you were young and like, hit the play button. And oh, it's going it to be a, like I'm with my friends again. Yeah. Like, you know, cause you never know what life's going to give you. And at least we have these moments to kind of like record ourselves and like have you know th these memories on tape i really hope that i'm like 60 and i'm still like like if i if i'm dementia if i have dementia when i'm 60 i want to be able to listen to us back and be impressed with myself <laughs> it's not that far away <laughs> 
brain problems. I'm being realistic. I also have brain problems. So we're just the brain problem people. We're just being realistic right here. <laughs> Look, if, if I get to be like 70 or 80 before it kicks Woo! in, you know what? I will be pleasantly surprised. Awesome. Fantastic. See? And consistent with the episode, keep your expectations low and you'll never be disappointed. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, realistically speaking, we're all not, you know, at some point we'll all go into the ether. And when that happens, at least we'll have recordings of us singing rap songs about whips. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, that'll, be, that'll be our legacy. <laughs> Talking about noops and rap songs about whips. <laughs> that, that'll be it. That's it for this week's topics. For additional content and opportunities to connect with the cast, check out our Patreon or our website at partofmystash.com. Guys, see marketing. Be Be sure to tune in next week for more laughs, tears, marketing, and Drea. It's me. (laughs) I'm Drea. Good job. Uh, Pardon my staff.